Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These are the Casey Tapes. You, man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Casey, the longest running rock station in the country. Hey, welcome to Casey Tapes. I'm John Hewlett. There's the mighty Favaz. Hello, new man. Today we're going to do an interview uh, that I did with Carl Palmer of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer fame. This uh, took place October the 20th, 2018, and he was on a solo tour, just him and a couple other really good musicians that he brought in with him. Hmm. And they played at the uh, Wildy Theater, ah. and I got to go backstage and talk to him as well. But this interview was done on the air live with my morning show partner at the time, Learn. So, uh, yeah, Carl Palmer, living legend. There was a time when Emerson, Lake, and Palmer was selling out stadiums. That's how huge they were. Oh, I yeah. remember I remember them bef- right around when I started going to concerts at age 11, 12, 13. They would play the arena and mm-hmm. sell out. Yeah. And it was just that that was one of those mysterious Emerson Lake and Palmer, sh- you know, shows and yeah. they showed people there and it would just it made me want to go see them and other shows. Yeah, they they were a progressive uh, group for sure, highly trained musicians. Keith Emerson has passed away, Carl Palmer is the only one living. Uh, Greg Lake died a couple of years ago, I guess it was, mm-hmm. and his voice made that band so uh, also so so unique and he was in King Crimson, uh, those that first King Crimson album that was a mega uh, uh, influencer for progressive rock as his vocals on that man he's he's just so good yeah so anyway carl palmer comes and uh he sets his stage up or sets his uh drum set up front of the stage middle of the stage <laughs> and it's it's all about him man he still can drum his ass off so yeah. anyway so we joined the interview uh as he connected with us live on the radio carl palmer yeah, yeah. hey we're live on the air at casey radio in st louis how you doing I'm doing well. How are you? Fine. It's just it's a pleasure to talk to you and have you on the air here. Uh, you have Thank a you. you have a a new uh, release coming out. Carl Palmer's ELP Legacy. It's a new double CD and DVD. And you're also uh, doing this CD DVD live on this tour. Tell us about what the folks will see when they come and see you here in St. Louis at the Wildy Theater on November the first. Okay, so we're looking at roughly an hour fifty an hour fifty minute show. Wow. We're playing like. Classic pieces like Tarkas, the full version of Tarkas, which was the classic piece by ELP in the early 70s, probably one of the very first concept albums. We're playing music by Aaron Copeland, Hoedown, which also was a big track on that Tarkas album. Um, we've also got fair classic uh, original pieces like Knife Edge from the very first album. Uh, he tells a, he's told a story about Knife Edge that was funny. He said uh, they were in their office there in London, and some guy comes in and he's got a nice suit on and mm-hmm. uh, he he um he starts to talk about how um there is a song that uh, some pieces of one of their songs was taken from an artist that he represents and um you know at first Carl Palmer's going what the hell are you talking about you know we, we don't we don't that, that that's not happened and uh this guy's going on and on being descriptive and um uh, about halfway through uh Keith Emerson kind of gets up and just kind of 
slowly walks out of the room and disappears. And it was Keith Emerson who actually had taken the music from a play. And they didn't realize it? Palmer? and and No, Keith did. So that's why he got up and left. And he was talking about the song Knife Edge. So... Uh, welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. As I say, it's about an hour, 50 minutes long. I feature Paul Bielitovich on lead guitar, on bass guitar and Chapman stick. Uh, we feature Simon Fitzpatrick. And Simon does a great uh, solo on uh, a track called From the Beginning. So all in all, it's quite a dynamic show. It takes you through most of the ELP albums. And we also play uh, some historical pieces, like, believe it or not, 20, uh, 21st Century Schizoid Man by King Chris. Crimson yeah. was the first piece of music ELP ever played together as a group, so that's included in the show. And uh, we've got uh, we've got quite a cinematic approach to the uh, production, so there's lots of film going on at the back of us. And uh, um, I'm, you know, I really enjoy playing it. It's been it's been fantastic. So you hear his excitement in his voice. Oh yeah, I mean, you can he... tell he's he's into this. And the fact that he's uh, that he says it's an hour and, and fifty minute show that's pretty long for a for a dude that's been yeah. around as long as him. Right. You know. Well, when I first got to the theater. Uh, before the show, he was napping, and so <laughs> he was prepared. And then uh, naps are good, John. We yeah, know absolutely. That. Yeah, and so then later on, I got to meet him before the show, and he wears this, you know, f- very colorful, flowery shirt. And uh, he, um, at, at the, I went in at, at halftime too because he takes a break during the show, and his pits were ringing wet, <laughs> working his ass off on stage. Oh. Speaking with Carl Palmer, Carl, let me ask you this. You know, you know, you're so well known being a part of that 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 threesome. How traumatic was it for you when when we lost Keith Emerson and Greg Lake? And how did that affect you? Well, to be honest with you, I mean, it was uh, I was a big surprise um, when Keith uh, committed suicide. I did not believe that for one minute that that would happen. Um, though Greg Lake, you know, said, you know, he'd always worried about Keith being inclined to be that way. I never thought that that would ever happen. Keith was just really depressed because he couldn't play. Mm-hmm. I was in Italy when I heard about it. I'd spoken to Keith roughly three weeks before because uh, we were trying to work out when he was going to play with me that year in the June. He wanted to come out and play with me after he uh, came back from Japan, which he played in May. As you know, he shot himself I think the 9th of March, so he never went to uh, he, he never went to Japan, and, and we never ended up playing uh, together. But uh, I did not, you know, sense anything for one minute. I think he was just so depressed because every time he sat by the piano, he just couldn't he just couldn't play more than half an hour. He was still writing. He'd even started conducting and doing odd things, so he's still heavily involved in music. But I think just one night, he probably had a drink. It probably just got on top of him, and he got he got depressed, and that was it. Mm. As far as Greg, um, you know, Greg dying the following year, I hadn't spoken to Greg for about six years. So mm. You know, I didn't even know Greg was that seriously ill or terminally ill. I did not know that. Um, the management kept it from me. His family um, uh, didn't tell me. Greg obviously didn't want me to know. Um, we, we weren't on the best of speaking terms, mainly because in 2010, when we did the uh, High Voltage uh, uh, Prog Rock Festival in London, which was the last time we ever played, I decided that I didn't want to be in the group and that we should end the group because, you know, we weren't playing that well. It was becoming far too difficult, and I figured it was just better to leave people with the dream. Uh, and Keith agreed, but Greg didn't agree, and uh, it just it really wasn't worth carrying on because Greg was finding it hard singing and, you know, 
know, the songs in the keys they were meant to be in. So somebody had to cut the apron cord, and I did. So for some unknown reason, we, we never spoke after that. Wow, uh, well, you, mm. you know, back in the day, too, you heard that those three didn't get along whatsoever. I, so I, they, I don't know their story. Yeah, they were always feuding, and uh, that's why, actually, their their run was not all that long, you know. I mean, mm. when you look back in, in time, you know, as it's encapsulated, you know, they put out, what, maybe three or four albums, and uh, some of them towards the end, like Works, for instance, was Carl on one side of the, four, the double album, uh, uh, Keith on one side, mm-hmm. and uh, and Greg on another side, you know, and then there was one side where they where they, they played together. Wow. So, yeah, they, 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 they always had difficulties in getting along. I was surprised to hear that even later on in their lives that they actually ended up playing together yeah. as a threesome again. Yeah. The odd email, but um, I really didn't get many replies from him. Well, and in addition to playing the music that you created with them both, you you also have done fine art that I imagine is a um, is a release for you, and you actually dedicated uh, a couple of different pieces to Keith and Greg. Uh, and will we see much of your artwork with the visual part of this sold out show at the Wildy on November first? Uh, well, you know, we have quite a cinematic approach to the actual sort of uh, set. You know, there's lots of film being shown at the back. There are some, there are some uh, pictures of the artwork which come up on the screen. But out by my merchandise tables, we, we do have some easels set up with the with the actual artwork. In actual fact, it's fine art photography is what it is. Mm. So um, I, I basically I'm filmed in a dark room playing. Yeah, listen to this. This is uh, something he was mm. it's, it's, he was involved in. It's uh, it's. It's very uh, colorful art with drumsticks. And the oh. drumsticks. Yeah, you ever talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. that? I think that I remember that. Yeah. That I used, I uh, have got small LED lights at the end, and we capture the movement of light through the darkness and the shadows and the reflections. And we can create quite a lot of different shapes depending on what uh, typical, what rhythms I might be playing. So I dedicated one of these canvases to Keith Emerson. I called it Welcome Back. I dedicated another one to uh, Greg. I called it Lucky Man. And I dedicated one to John Wetton, who I lost in the January 2017. Mm. He was the lead singer in Asia. I dedicated one to him called uh, Heat of the Moment. Yeah, and- Carl Palmer was a drummer in Asia. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. This series is called My Legends, and you'll probably see it if you come to the concert. Yeah, you helped... Uh- invent or popularize that uh, that lighted drumstick technology to you. Great kudos to you for that. You know, you also might be the only guy that has four number one hits with four different bands. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's been it's been very very strange, but yeah, I mean, I, there was one with ELP as we well know, Asia we had one. There was one with the Crazy World of Arthur Brown in '68. Yeah, he's he's on that. Uh, wow. Supposedly he's on that song Fire. Fire. Yeah. 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 Now there were a number of different drummers involved in the recording process, but but Carl claims to be the huh. one who actually made the recording, huh. made it all in the recording. And the 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 one which is. Slightly dubious, but I mean, it's real. Um, I was with the band Atomic Rooster. It was my group. And Atomic Rooster had a number one single with a track called Tomorrow Night. Hmm. So I recorded the track Tomorrow Night, and it was a demo at the time. It was during this period that I got the call from uh, Keith's management to go along and talk to them about putting a new group together, which came became ELP. So it was during that period that song was recorded with Atomic Rooster. Anyway, to cut a long story short, Um, I joined Greg and Keith and I was sitting in rehearsals and um, 
Atomic Rooster was number one in the charts. I was in rehearsals with Greg and Keith thinking, wow, I've made a terrible mistake here. Atomic Rooster <laughs> number one with the track Tomorrow Night, which I'd recorded with them. Obviously, they had to re-record it uh, with their new drummer or the drummer overdubbed on the demo. I'm not too sure what happened. But yeah, I've been in four bands that have had number ones, that's for sure. And is it true that Emerson, Lake, and Palmer would have been a four-piece group, but you couldn't find a guitarist that would fit what you guys were trying to accomplish? I think if we, you know, if we could, we were forming the band today, there are many, many guitar players. I've got two of them in my band that could have done the job with ELP, that's for sure. In that period, the 70s, if you recall, there was more well-known keyboard players than guitar players. If you roll forward 45, 40 odd years you know there's more great guitar players than what there is keyboard players today and it's just completely turned around we could never find anyone that really uh, would fit we never really looked to, to be honest with you because there was no one out there to ask um so we, we just carried on and became a, a three-piece and that was it yeah you, you don't think about that yeah but but the guitar even what, I don't know, I don't know exactly when it came along, but uh, to have people playing it very efficiently, I guess, uh, was st it was still evolving. You know, guys who were considered greats back in the '60s, today you probably look back on them and go, he wasn't that great. You know, <laughs> uh, he was good, but he wasn't as great as some of the like, young players that are going out there today. I, I don't know. I I, I think because the piano's been around a long time. Right. I get the thing about what he said about keyboard players, but. Um... As far as guitar players go, I, I think back, it, it seemed like a lot of the really good guitar players were British mm -hmm. that, that were around. And it kind of surprises me that they, they didn't go in that direction. I mean, you you think of Clapton, Page, and, and uh, you know, those the first two that come around. Yeah. But, I mean, there were others. Well, apparently not that many. But but to, to, to fit in a progressive situation, progressive yeah. you know, rock that they were, you know, it's a different story. Yeah, that's true. And that's just another person yeah. they have to get along with, and they couldn't get along with each right. other and as And share was. money with, John. And share money with, yes. <laughs> Speaking with Carl Palmer, I'm a big Yes fan, and ELP was instrumental in helping Yes to get started back in the day as well. Tell that story quickly, yes. and we'll let you go here. Carl, I know you're on a time. Well, I mean, very, very simple, really. I mean, a lot of people think there's always a lot of competition between groups, but England is such a small place. Everybody knows everyone and I think we got asked by one of the guys in the group or one of the ma some of the management or whatever if uh, if we'd like to have a yes supporters when we were in America I think we'd already done two tours as Emerson Lake and Palmer here in America so we said yes we'll take uh, we'll take yes along with us and yes joined us I think on our third American tour and they played with us for about five concerts so their very first appearances in America as the group yes were with Emerson Lake and Palmer very good. Well, Carl Palmer, we're looking forward to seeing you live here at the Wildy Theater on November the 1st. Carl Palmer's L ELP Legacy uh, Tour comes to St. Louis. And, of course, you got the Legacy uh, double CD DVD that's out as well. And they can get it all, where they get all their music, right? Thank you very much. Yes, you can. Look forward to seeing you all. Carl Palmer, the legendary Carl Palmer here on KC95 Live. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye, Bye now. Bye. Uh, what, what Bye. A, yeah, what a great guy, man. Yeah. He was he was he was uh, so dynamic and, and and excited about what he was doing. Still to this day, after all these years, and he he promised at that show that he was going to be coming back. I think it was the following year, or maybe it's twenty twenty one. I'd have to double check that now for a fiftieth anniversary show. Uh, involving the music of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and he mm. said he was going to bring some really famous people with him oh. on that tour. Yeah, so, now. Yeah, now it's it probably killed Everything's that. Up, yeah, it's, it's probably killed that. Because they're all probably older, too. Yeah.
Yeah. So it's a double whammy. So there you go. Carl Palmer of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer on episode... 94. 94. Wow, the next one's going to be 95. 95. KC 95. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. I'm John Eulett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLUman. And on Instagram, I'm Johnny Eulett. And I am Favaz. And um, I'll see you. Bye. Bye. The KC Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of KC, go to KC95.com or the KC mobile app.